in a haze of mystery Mondays in a day With this acoustic and synth It's sending me to places previously unexplored And I've adored them And I've adored It's made of bone One thing's for sure <laughs> I adore <laughs> them I adore them <laughs> With Mystery Monday New new Very dimension, good. new dimension because of welcome the Welcome Akai Professional. <laughs> oh, welcome Akai Professional to Mystery what a Mondays. lovely, thanks to um, Callum's little daughter, Evie. Yep, for lending for us <laughs> the Akai Professional, her Akai Professional <laughs> MPK mini play. I have to say, expert um, synth percussion there by, by Drew leading us in today. That was amazing. I felt was like I was fun. in a Nintendo game or something. Yeah. Then. That was amazing. So oh. I didn't know if I was like an outer space or in like a little enchanted forest or what. But, um... Either way, welcome to Mystery Mondays, everybody. Thanks for chilling here with us. Uh, it's Drew's turn to bring us a mystery today. As always, oh, yeah. um, the, those of us that aren't reading out the mystery, in this case, myself and Bullwinkle, do not, do not know what the mystery is going to be. So um, I'm excited to find out what it is. So um, let's get into it. <gasps> oh. We've got some mysterious oh. ambiance. <laughs> we are re-entering now the Enchanted Woods. Wow, what does this remind me of? Wow. Some film. Oh, Alice in Wonderland. Film? That's what it reminds me a little bit of, for some reason. You are taken on a tale <laughs> across a land of enchanted mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> land of enchanted mirrors. 
where your reflection may bring you truth or disaster. Mm. <laughs> it is. It's one of those like mm. you can just imagine this music with a mm. with a, mm. a narrator talking. Fully, on fully. Mm. Bit of a fairy tale kind of film, mm. but like a twisted fairy tale. Esmeralda was a yeah, fine young woman until the day <laughs> her uncle came. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Oh. Right, that's bad. No, let's, let's, no, let's, sorry, it's let's pick things up a little bit. No, it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> so, Drew, take it away with our mystery so, of today. Today, we've we've spoken a little bit about it on the pod before. Oh, cool. But Ooh. I've wanted to like go a bit deeper into it, and it's uh, and elaborate. We're not, we're not going super deep into it not today, but deep. it's just it's just a few of the stories of mm. the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, the Bermuda Triangle, <gasps> yes. that magnetism wonderland, the vortex of, of wonder. Yes. some may say the place yes. where God forgot. Oh, oh. Mm. I like it. But you win. <laughs> yeah, well, you win. <laughs> yeah, man. Like it's always it's always interested me. I mm. like I like the I like the stories from Bermuda Triangle. Oh, yeah. So I thought mm. we'd learn a little bit about oh, it. Oh yes. Um, going back for, to like uh, from around 1881 Ooh, is the fancy. first story. Nice. Uh, to like the mid 90s. Nice, Ooh. nice. Um, so yeah, just a little, just just a cover of like a five five mysterious disappearances of Bermuda Triangle. The Furious Five. The Furious as Five is, become is, known as. is what we're gonna deal with today. Right, right. So the Bermuda Triangle has been synonymous with strange happenings and mysterious disappearances since the discovery of the Americas. Mm. Also known as the Devil's Triangle, the stretch of ocean between Miami, Bermuda, and Costa Rica is a unique part of the Atlantic Ocean and there has been the site of more than 50 mysterious disappearances over the last century. Not marked on any commercial maps, the infamous area of mystery is speculated to sit somewhere between 500,000 and 1.5 million square miles of open water. Mm. Not marked on any commercial no, maps. No, so it's pretty known, crazy. Like, it's a real weird area, but no mm. one's ever like defined it on maps. Hmm. Mm. Myths and and it's pretty crazy. Fifty in the last hundred years. Yeah, wow. that's, that's we're mental. going further back than a hundred years. Yeah, sure. But yeah, myths and legends of the area aren't just limited to recent history. Rumors of Christopher Columbus experiencing difficulty with compass navigation and ghost lights date back to the 15th century. What remains unanswered, however, is what is causing so many disappearances. Some have blamed fierce weather conditions or freak natural disasters, while others have turned to the supernatural to provide answers. Whatever the reason, there are still countless disappearances that leave experts and internet sleuths scratching at their heads and asking what really happens in the Bermuda Triangle. Here are five of the eeriest, eeriest and most frustrating disappearances that remains unsolved today. So, we're going to start with Ellen Austin. In 1881, the Ellen Austin set off from Liverpool, destined for New York. Carrying passengers emigrating to America, the ship had been um, at sea for several weeks when the captain took an unplanned shortcut through the Sargasso Sea. Known for its stormy nature, this route led the Ellen Austin through the Bermuda Triangle. Shortly into the detour, the captain sighted another vessel sailing erratically into the distance. The ship appeared abandoned and was moving unpredictably. Convinced that it was some form of trap, 
Captain Griffin and the Ellen Austin kept a safe distance for two days before ordering a crew to go aboard and investigate why the ship wasn't responding to their hails. Hail! Nice. The un the unnamed schooner. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? It's a boat. I've not, oh, right. not seen yeah, that yeah, before. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, the unnamed schooner was found to be abandoned with an intact cargo. Mm-hmm. There was no sign of violence and no indication that there had been a reasonable excuse to abandon the ship. Captain Griffin ordered a small selection of his crew um, to captain the ship, um, and that they set sail together to New York where it would be salvaged. Shortly after reassuming their journey, a heavy storm separated the two ships. When the storm passed and Captain Griffin once again sighted the mysterious ship, he pulled along up alongside it and found that once again it was abandoned with no sign of bloodshed or reasonable damage. Whoa. That's cool. That's, that's cool. Weird, that's mysterious. Yeah, that's yeah. Really so his crew that he'd put on there to like look after it were just gone as well. That's mm, really and weird. And all the man. cargo was still there. Whether too scared to lose let more to lose yet more crew or pressed for time and resources, Captain Griffin opted to leave the ship adrift and continue to New York. The ship and its makeshift crew were never sighted again. Whoa. Damn. So yeah, see you later, shit. So that was the first one. Whoa, that's crazy. You'd be a little bit creeped out anyway, wouldn't you? If you just turned up and this boat was abandoned, and you'd be like, I wouldn't want to be the one that has to go and get on this ghost ship. Mm. Yeah, unless the like- cargo was banging, and they were like, Oh yeah, let's mm, get yeah. this. Let's get this back. Splits yeah. it. Go for find us keepers, man. Find us keepers. Weepers. Losers, weepers, mm. geezer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you, like, I can imagine getting on the ship and just this music was just playing, but from an undisclosed mm. source. Mm. From under the water. Yeah. I like how the music's gotten a little <laughs> bit more positive as well. As it's the start, I feel. So it's, it's still a, mysterious. It's exactly the same, a, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Well, maybe that's just my head. I'm yeah. pretty sure, unless I'm mistaken, that it's exactly the same as it was. In my head, it's really positive now. Mm. The like power of psychology, mate. Mm. Right, right. So this is what this is what it's me. like now. Mm-hmm. This is what it was like oh at the beginning. Oh my god. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go back to where we were. Back to so, the story number one. So that was story Done. number the one. The story of the mysterious Ellen schooner. Austin. Yeah, the schooner. The schooner of Duma. The seas. <laughs> so next one is USS Cyclops. Oh. oh. From f- Greek mysterious mythological Mysterion. beast to uh, the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. Um, I just want to make sure... That Ah, yeah, cool. Sorry, guys. So, on Drew f- himself was lost I in was the lost Bermuda in Triangle then. Yes. Lost in time. So on the 4th of March, 1918, so we've gone a few years forward, mm. 40 years or so, um, Collier USS... Collier? Collier USS Cyclops. That must be another name for a boat as oh, well. Right. I haven't heard that one. USS Cyclops, Cyclops set sail destined for Baltimore, oh, yeah. Maryland. With no scheduled stops along her route, she was due to arrive in port with a full load of manganese yeah. manganese ore yeah. on the 13th of March. However, the ship never arrived at, the, at her intended destination. Oh dear. The last transmission received from the ship reported that weather fair or well, and the lack of any wreckage or SOS message has led many to speculate what might have caused the ship and her crew to vanish somewhere in the nine-day window. 
To this day, the disappearance of the USS Cyclops and her crew of 305 remains the lo- um, largest recorded loss of life in US naval history. Whoa. Damn. That's pretty crazy. That is crazy. So it's just a nine-day window and just 305 crew, no- nothing ever found. Yeah. And no, like, never any transmission sent even saying that they were in Distress danger. Distress or anything. Mm. That's what what makes it seem so crazy is is that they never seem to like have a moment where you look back and you're like oh it's kicking off yeah it seems to always just be like oh they're gone mm. yeah it's weird because I I know I have heard that apparently from like a from what like scientists could observe there's like something Magnetic. crazy going with like yeah with mm. like electromagnetism in the Bermuda Triangle mm. so they're saying that could explain why um because apparently like a lot of pilots I remember hearing it was in like hexagon shaped clouds or something they always get. Over really? There. I don't know why. Yeah, clouds? something like like hexagon-shaped mm. storms. I've never heard of triangle. that. I know that like um a lot of pilots say that when they fly into the Bermuda Triangle, basically they're like um they're um oh what's the word like their compasses and stuff and they're like mm. their um I've radar got, just go cool haywire. Ah, well. oh, nice. That's, cool. that's one of those coming cool. up. So th- this one is called Witchcraft. Oh, and the, and the Witchcraft nice. was a twenty-three foot luxury cruiser that disappeared on the evening of the 22nd of December, 1967. Woo. So a bit further on in history as well. Um, so we're getting into normal times now. Not normal times. That's yeah. still quite far, yeah. far Yeah, but... Mm. So... Modern times. More, yes. more modern than more we were previously. Than we, were we are traversing history. Hmm. The boat's owner had invited his close friend out onto the ocean to look at the Christmas lights over the waters of Miami. The plan was to go a short distance out to sea, switch the engine off, and enjoy the scenery. At 9pm that night, Miami um, Coast Guards received a distress call (laughs) that calmly informed them that the boat had hit something in the water and would require a tow from less than a mile offshore. So not very far at all. The owner indicated that this wasn't an emergency and that they would fire a flare to let the Coast Guards know of the boat's exact location. Less than 20 minutes later, the Coast Guards reached the point where they believed that the call had been made, but there was no sign of the witchcraft or the flares. Neither the witchcraft Whoa. nor her two passengers were ever seen again. Whoa. And it didn't even say what they hit. They just <laughs> no, said they, said hit, they hit something in the water, but oh, like, that, almost wasn't a... that makes it creep in itself. Like, what did they hit? Mm. Cthulhu. They hit the Dark Lord. Yeah, Cthulhu. man. That's what it's getting. High Priestess of the Elder Gods. I mean, high priest. He's not a priestess. <laughs> He's just like Cthulhu in a little frock. Yeah. That's cool. Ah. Uh, so the next one. So that was a nice little short one there. Yeah, that was cool, though. <laughs> that was cool. Flight 19, um, PBM uh, Mar- Mariner. Oh, yeah. So perhaps the most notorious of disappearances in the triangle, the fate of Flight 19 and, B- and PBM Mariner um, has left even the greatest minds reaching for answers. When Flight 19, a group of five Avenger torpedo bombers, took off from Fort Lauderdale on the 5th of December mm. 1945, they had expected their three-hour bombing journey to be just as uneventful as the runs that they had done countless times before. So shortly after dropping their payload of replica bombs, the patrol began to run into trouble. Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor, an experienced pilot, believed that his compass had started to malfunction. And that Flight 19 had been flying in the wrong direction. Concerned, Taylor contacted another Navy flight instructor who was flying close to the Florida coast. 
With the weather getting increasingly worse, Taylor went against protocol of pointing um, a lost uh, plane towards the setting sun. Believing that they were somewhere over Florida Keys, Taylor adjusting the heading um, in a, adjusted the heading in an attempt to navigate um, the Gulf of Mexico. Sensing Taylor's mistake, some of his men challenged his decision to continue northeast and convinced him to turn tail and head back westward. For reasons unknown, however, he once again turned the flight back around still concerned mm. that there was, uh, they were somewhere over the Gulf. As the flight flew further away from land, their transmissions became fainter and fainter. Having flown for more than their allotted time, the crew were starting to get concerned that they would, um, wouldn't be able to correct their navigation before they ran out of fuel. In his final transmission, Taylor told his men that once the first plane dropped below 10 litres of fuel, they would all ditch together for a greater chance of rescue. A few short minutes later, the transmission ended. Certain that the flight had ditched into the ocean, the Navy immediately launched a search and rescue effort. Two Mariner fl um, flying boats were scrambled to search for the missing Flight 19. However, 20 minutes after taking off, one of the other Mariners disappeared off the radar. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? That's and creepy, well. man. Neither the, uh, neither the 13 crewmen, five pilots of Flight 19, nor the wreckages of any of the aircraft did, were ever recorded. Whoa. 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 Raw recovered. Reco right. Recovered, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Recovered. Whoa, yeah, that's mad. So that's, that's, so that's five, five like jet planes. So just not like a trace of any of them. And then one of the mariners one of the bigs, as well. Yeah, search planes. Imagine how terrified you'd be if you were on that other mariner, where like you've just heard that this plane's gone over the Bermuda yeah. Triangle. It's been lost, and mm. you and another boat have gone out, and the other boat has now been lost too. You'd be like, although, oh, God. although you obviously don't want to be in their shoes. At the same time, it's almost like intriguing to think that, like you know, you wish that almost like you could. Step like, into another portal. Yeah, it's almost mm. like almost like be there just for like a split second if you had the power to like teleport yeah, fly or on the boat. Mm. Yeah. yeah, just to like see actually see what, what happened. happened. Yeah, because mm. yeah, it just seems so strange. That's crazy. It does make you feel because there is this whole like this triangle in the water where no one can like map. Mm. Multiple ships and planes have been lost, and like you were saying, it like just ruins the radar. Yeah. It makes you feel a little bit like there is something under the water, doesn't it? There's like that creepy feeling mm. that there could be something lurking beneath the depths. Yeah, it definitely seems like, yeah, like under the water or something. Mm. Because it's like, it's just in the middle of the sea, isn't it? And yeah. it's like, yeah, there's nowhere to land on the water. So you're going down, you're going, you're going to get sucked into it. Sucked <laughs> down into a whirlpool. It's crazy. So right, the last one is a bit of a weird one. It's, it's about a lighthouse. So it's the Great Isaac Lighthouse. Uh, Unlike other disappearances, the Great Isaac Lighthouse mystery is unique in that both lighthouse keepers were stationed on land when they vanished. A barren island, Great Isaac Rock, already had a grim history. Local lore told of a ship that wrecked with no survivors except for a single infant, first put into service in in the uh, first put into the service in the mid 1800s. The lighthouse housed the island's only two inhabitants, its keepers. That's creepy in itself that a boat turned up shipwrecked with only an infant on the ship left. Mm. Yeah, they say about that island that this yeah this lighthouse is on. So it's just a very small little island in the Bermuda, uh -huh. Bermuda Triangle. On the 4th of August 1969, a small boat was launched to check on the lighthouse. Routine calls had gone unanswered. Upon arrival, the investigators discovered that, um, that the island was empty and there were no sign of the two guardians. 
A, a hurricane had passed over the island shortly before, but the lack of damage to the living quarters raised the questions as to why two experienced lighthouse keepers would, wouldn't have stayed out, um, stayed put where they were the safest in their like quarters and stuff. Mm. Others believe that the pair were caught in a drug smuggling ring or perhaps they were both kidnapped. But with no evidence of foul play to suggest anything outward, the fate of both keepers remains a mystery. Whoa. Mm. That's cool. That's, That's cool. cool. So that was the five Bermuda Triangle stories. That was good, man. old to new mm. that are a bit strange. Food for thought. Mm. I searched What's up that little there? hexagonal like thing there. that I was reading. It is a thing, apparently. They said yeah, hexagonal clouds over Bermuda Triangle are like bombs and can cause ships and plane wrecks. Although I saw another one that was saying that it doesn't actually explain why the Bermuda Triangle is as deadly as it clearly is. Mm. Oh, all right. So still a bit of a mystery then. Yeah, I've heard like I mean I can't remember them like like the stories clearly, but I have heard some other weird tales of like the Bermuda Triangle. I remember I heard this one about like a pilot who said he like flew into a cloud, and like he could tell when he was flying into the cloud that it wasn't a very big cloud. But then it just sort of like went on forever, and it like every and everything like um about like the normal environment on like earth suddenly like changed i think i've heard yeah this story yeah as well what, what really do you mean about like, like even like the, even like the colors of everything and the way like the normal like laws of physics just like almost like changed Whoa. and then apparently he was in it for like half an hour and then suddenly things just went back to normal and he just like flew out just suddenly just like flew out of the cloud as if like nothing had ever happened makes mm. you feel like it is like a portal to a mm. weird place doesn't it it's weird yeah that's what i like to think it's strange that there are like these like strange places in. I mean, I know it's not exactly the same, but you know they say about like ley lines and that as well. Mm. How it's almost like all the most um, like sacred sites on the planet mm. almost like line up in like a perfect line. Mm. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, man, it's so crazy. I, I think it's almost like like, like the energetic veins of the earth and like yeah. and like um, yeah. all, all the all the sites that are on completely opposite sides of the earth are like kind of along these routes and still stuff. linked. Yeah, so crazy. That's like a real how, cool way to put they, it as well. Yeah. The energetic veins of yeah. the earth because that is what it's like it feels yeah, like it's it like a hive of, of like veins like, and everything mm, isn't it yeah yes, super cool yes. i remember um go at this festival i was at as well there was this um guy that did dowsing um have you heard of dowsing before dowsing so you, rods so you've got like two like copper dowsing oh right rods, yeah yeah, and, yeah, I know the one, and, yeah. And, and they actually you can like become like a professional dowser mm. and um he he actually companies would pay him like a hell of a lot of money to to use his dowsing skills to figure out where um underground water uh water rivers were and and, and things like that because they'd need to drill down into them right, right, so, right. so they would actually like do these like multi-thousand pound projects and drill into the earth mm. based on where this dowsing guy said that there's going to be a thing down there like on his like dowsing yeah. rod because they go into a cross when yeah it's, yeah yeah it. yeah and it and it was just i didn't like it was just crazy like didn't believe him but he was talking about like energies of the earth and stuff and like mm. how yeah how it how it basically will tell you magnetically where certain things are and stuff and yeah it's really interesting we're like walking across the across the field and, you know and he, he was saying that like in towns and cities where there's like blockages or that there's uh, things aren't like aligned properly there'll be a lot more like stabbings and a lot more like dark things and robberies happen Whoa. and stuff like that and I was like that's pretty mad that's creepy if, like like literally pretty much verifying if what he is saying true that verifies that there is like bad energies to places and stuff yeah yeah that's cool man it was interessant like yeah he, he uses it for the for the water things but then he started talking about like the energetic stuff as mm. well and it's like very interesting 
Yeah, 100%. This is quite interesting. So it says, like, history of ley lines. People have often found special significance in the unusual landmarks and geological features surrounding them. High mountain peaks and majestic valleys may be viewed as sacred, while deep, dark caves have often been considered the domain of the underworld. The same is true for roads. In, 18, in the 1800s, on the British Isles, many people believed in mysterious fairy paths or trails connecting certain hilltops in the countryside. It was considered dangerous, or at the very least unwise, to walk on those paths during certain days, because the wayward traveller might come upon a parade of fairies who would not take kindly to the human interruption. Philip Cor Gom and Richard Haygate describe the origin of ley lines in their book of English magic. Alfred Watkins, a landscape photographer in Herefordshire, noticed that ancient sites seemed to be aligned with others nearby. His idea was that our ancestors built and used prominent features in the landscape as navigation points. These features included prehistoric standing stones and stone circles, barrows and mounds, hill forts and earthworks, ancient moats, old pre-reformation churches, old crossroads and fords, prominent hilltops and fragments of old straight tracks. Watkins went on to suggest that the lines connecting these ancient sites represented old trackways or routes that were followed in prehistoric times for the purposes of trade or religious rites, and in 1921 he coined the term ley lines to describe these mystical alignments. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. It does go on to say, though, that like um, from like a scientific perspective, like they are not considered like real things, like oh. ley lines. It, Damn says, it. <laughs> it says you won't find ley lines discussed in geography or geology textbooks because most scientists don't think that they are actual real measurable things. It says though scientists can find no evidence of ley lines, they can be detected by magneto magnet magnetometers or any other scientific device. New Ages psychics and others claim to be able to sense or feel the energy of ley lines. Mm. Watkins' original idea of ley lines is quite valid and rather intuitive. Archaeologists have long known that on a local and regional scale, roads tend to be built in more or less straight lines, geography allowing, and since a line is the shortest distance between two points, it makes sense that important sites in a given culture would often be aligned. Oh yeah, that makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know if this is true or not. Um, what I thought was interesting. So it was like if you take the sacred sites across the world. Yeah. Was it like? Was it like if you put an? I thought it literally made like a, a circumference yeah. around them, the world, and they were all kind of along this line. That's so. That's what I. Fun, thought funnily yeah, enough, it says about this in the next paragraph. Ah, cool. So it says lane line experts cannot agree on which sacred sites should be included as data points. Some internationally known ancient sites are obvious choices, such as England's Stonehenge, Egypt's Great Pyramids, Peru's Machu Picchu, and Australia's Ayers Rock. But on a regional and local level, it's anyone's game. How big? It, so yes, but it doesn't actually say like yeah. if it actually is or not. Mm. I want to look. That was always that, yeah. what I thought was like, that it was like around the world. all the crazy unexplained mm. yeah. things that we literally don't have an explanation for are all linked in this like crazy circumference around the world. Which, if it was, then that'd be mental. Wouldn't yeah, it? that'd be so like crazy. Because they're meant to lot. Most of them are meant to line up with like, the stars and stuff, aren't they? Quite a lot of these ancient yeah. things. Well, like, the pyramids are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's amazing as well. Like some of the some of the sacred sites and temp- temples, because it was all to do with like the solstices and things. Like when when they when the sun would be coming yes. up at a certain point, mm. uh, at a certain time and in the, the summer year, solstice with the stonehenge. Yeah, they they would, like, it come would shine in and, and 
into a specific part and, and there's even some yeah. that would like light up the light up the space for like for like a few minutes yeah. like mm. whenever that happened for a year so the whole temple was built mm. and, and it only got lit up naturally for like yeah. a few minutes in a year mm. and like how did they it, it was more like how they understood how to build something like that in yeah. connection with the wider stars and like the wider so cool, lines yeah, that's 100%. what I thought was like really interesting about some yeah, of those ones definitely, definitely but it all seems to be like a an honoring of the natural cycles of the earth yes. and stuff yeah there's, like there's, cool. there's quite a cool one if you want to show um put the computer up uh-huh. for everybody watching on youtube and it, this one's called saint michael's lay um and it's saint michael's lay line um follows the path of the sun on the 8th of may to be honest i'm not gonna lie i don't 100 know what that means but yeah it's um saint michael's lay line and it seems to go from um right down in cornwall right up in a straight line from yeah from like southwest cornwall all the way to sort of great yarmouth area on the southeast coast and it goes yeah through bodmin moor mm. um through tiverton um through glastonbury through glastonbury tour right through sort of what was like in the middle of what's like freeman warminster and stuff um and then sort of like near swindon and oxford through luton and sort of like through near Cambridge, right the way to Great Yarmouth. Mm. Mm. That's quite cool. It says Saint Michael's Lay has been known to be interrelated with several other prominent British megaliths through geometry, astronomy, and other apparent knowledge of longitude and latitude. Not least of all to Stonehenge. Stonehenge, whilst not being a part of the Saint Michael Lay, is connected with both Glastonbury and Avebury through geometry, and also forms the crossing point of several prominent ley lines. Mm. Cool. It'd be super cool to like walk one of the ley lines and do like a pilgrimage yeah. from like, one part of England to the to the other. Like, I Definitely. bet that's what people used to do back mm. in the day. Yeah, man. Back F- in the day. Faux show. Faux show. Right. Anything else we really want to? Any more? Anything less? Any closing prominent? statements? Closing statements. Anybody? Anything of prominence that you wish to include? Don't get lost in the triangle. Beware of the triangle, everyone. Mm. Don't lay on the lines. Don't lay on the Don't lines. Don't lay on the lines. And beware of the triangles. <laughs> and with yes. that, we shall see you next week for another Mystery Mondays. Whatever you're doing, try and beware of mysteries. Wherever, <sighs> wherever you are.